Welcome to the Jesus McDonald Experience. Get ready to enjoy the show. So Scott, why did you make a career change from sales to marketing? I'm curious because I saw that on your LinkedIn profile. Um, that's a that's a funny question. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I, I mean, the the honest reason is, um, you know, at the time when when I was when I was out of college, I um, I actually wasn't. I, I didn't think I was that good at sales, um, and I didn't feel like I was uh, very confident on the phone. So, so basically, um, I felt like marketing aligned more with my skills. Um, the the thing I think the thing was back then. I, I think it would be different now, but um, back then I actually I worked at a company called uh, Yodel, which was like an they sold to like S and B. It was like a really um, it was an aggressive type of sale. Like it was a lot of cold calling. Um, yeah. You know, you, you you're you're a little bit more aggressive than maybe some of the enterprise selling, mm. and and I just wasn't good at it. And the the other thing the other thing was. Um, at the time I was just out of college and the, the concept of like someone buying something for thousands of dollars just like didn't register with me. So, uh, you know, I was in college, I barely, you know, like, you know, I bought cheap stuff. I, I, I never bought anything that was a thousand dollars. So it's funny. I was selling, um, marketing software for, for like these small businesses. And now if I, if I, if I, it, it's funny. Cause now if you, if you ask me to sell that, I, I'd be like oh, twelve twelve thousand dollars a month. That's a joke. Like you like the yeah. value you're getting from it, right? I'd be able to sell so easily. But back then, I had no conception of, like of, of buying something like that. So I think every time I got on the phone, I was like, I, I was I was like, oh, like twelve twelve hundred dollars. Like oh man, like no way they'll buy this. Like this like so. Um, I think I just didn't have the belief, um, even though it made a lot of it made a ton of sense. Um, so. Um, that's kind of why I switched. And I think I also intermediately did some roles in sales development, which I did really like. Um, but I, I noticed myself when I was, um, when I was an SDR, um, leaning into the, to maybe some of the other aspects besides calling. Like I loved, um, writing the email copy. I loved testing. I loved using the mm. data to like make decisions yeah. and also using tools like, like we use sales loft and, um, you know, doing the automation and doing the reporting and like, like I liked all that stuff. So a lot of my, like what I liked and what I was good at, uh, aligned with, with marketing. Right. So that's right. kind of, it's kind of how I, I veered off. I realized that my strengths were, were really in some of the, the more marketing, uh, focused, uh, tasks. That makes sense. Yeah. Especially. So it's kind of like you found your passion over time based on the things you wanted to do in regards to tasks. Yeah. And, um, and it's funny, I actually, um, after my first uh, sales job, I did a, um, I did a strengths finders test. Um, and it was, uh, it was really interesting. And I recommend um, people to do this, but maybe in general, even if they're, if they're thinking about like doing a different career or just, it's just interesting to, to get these, um, these data points. And um, if you looked at like my strengths and like weaknesses, it, it basically said like, don't do any like based on your personality don't do any type of job that's like um aggressive or like like something like confrontational right. um and i was doing a job that was like extremely like like and not all, not all cold calling is like that but like this job it was like you were you were aggressive and um 
Uh, and so it was funny, like after doing that job and, and not enjoying it and not succeeding in it. And then like seeing that strength finders test, I was like, oh man, I wish I took this like six months yeah, ago, yeah. maybe I could have like directed myself. But I think, I think it's important. Yeah. To like, you know, I think part of it, it like enjoying things is, is being good at it. So like aligning with jobs that align with your, right. with your skills already. I think that's a better recipe for success and, and happiness in, in a job. Yeah. And I see marketing and sales, they do go hand in hand. And I've seen marketing professionals, they'll, they'll end up starting in sales and end up in marketing and vice versa. I've seen people start out in marketing, but they end up going to sales just because they love the task. They're more passionate about it. There's certain factors of it that they just enjoy more and end up falling in love with it. So I think that's awesome. Thanks for sharing that stuff. Yeah. And I have another question for you. So you know, Chris Walker on LinkedIn, he's big in the demand generation space, right? And I knew demand generation from like a distance. It wasn't like, what was, it wasn't as popular as SEO, social media marketing, um, copywriting, or even copywriting wasn't as popular back then too. Copywriting, you know, I feel like it's getting a lot more trendy these days. And finally getting the value that it deserves too, just like demand generation. And when I started seeing B2B marketing professionals liking Chris Walker's um, LinkedIn videos, I've been seeing demand generation all in my feed, right? And that's why I wanted to bring you uh, onto the show because you are a demand generation expert at least in my opinion, and from based on everything we've talked about from previous conversations, uh, and I just know that there's a lot of B2B marketing professionals that don't fully understand demand gen. And that's why I want to bring you on the show because this is a very hot topic and you are a guru in the space and I love what, you, what you're <laughs> doing. But my question, I guess, is what do you love about demand generation? Uh, it's a good question. There, there, there's a couple, there's a couple things I really like. Um, I like that it's, you know, it's essentially sales with, with words, right? Like it, 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 like a lot, like you mentioned copywriting, like, like a lot of demand gen is copywriting. Um, I think for someone like me, who's like, uh, you know, goal oriented, um, likes hitting a number, um, demand gen is like a great, a place for that. Um, I love all aspects of marketing, but I think especially people coming from like sales and sales development, like it, it's more of a, it's more of a performance-based marketing. And, um, and I think that's fun. I think, I think it's really fun to, to use both um, quantitative and qualitative skills, which I think are both important, right? Like mm -hmm. the whole point of demand generation, right? Is to like either, I guess in a B2B setting, generate leads that turn into meetings that turn into pipeline that ultimately turns into revenue. So it's extremely like revenue focused. Your, your work is very, um, it's, it's, well, not all of it, but a good amount of it is very clear on like, what's the ROI and the impact it's making on your business. Mm -hmm. um, and so it's really fun to be both creative with like your copy and the ads and, and, you know, just like the strategies you deploy um, and then at the same time, be very like data driven and, and track everything and, and look at the numbers and, and optimize and A-B test and do all those things. So um, I think it's, a re it's really the best of, of both worlds in marketing. 
Um, and then it's exciting. Like, like for me, I, I, I still am always like, I guess less now, but when I started, I'm always like amazed at, uh, like when someone like reads something like an ad or a landing page and then like converts, I'm always like, Holy crap. Like, like, I can't believe like these words convinced them to like, to talk to our sales team. Um, and I think it's really gratifying, um, when you run a campaign or, you know, you do any of these things you test and then like you, you see results, like it's almost like, um, I like to think of it as like scoring a goal in soccer. Um, yeah. I, used, I used to play soccer um, and like, like booking a meeting, like booking a meeting through a campaign or whatever it is you're doing. is like, it's like scoring a goal, right? It's like, it's like fun. It's exciting. It's getting you to your goal. It's not the end of the game, right? Like it's not, um, there's still like, you know, there's still the month quarter year to hit, but it's just one meeting, right? You still got this goal <laughs> right. to hit, but like, but like, I always, I always feel that the same way as like when you score a goal, as you score a goal, as you do when you book a meeting, it's it's like, it's like yes, like that that was awesome, like and um, you know you're not you're not done by any means, but um, it, I I really enjoy that those moments, especially like when you try something new or something risky. So it's in a sense, would you say that it's kind of like a BDR position, except without hitting the aggressive quotas? Yeah, yeah, and and a. Yeah, I, I think it's very um, hand in hand, uh, like the, the BDR and the demand gen role. And demand gen, like in all my demand gen roles, I've worked so closely with the SDR team or BDR team. Mm. Um, the reason being is because every, you know, in B2B, every, every lead or activity has to have a human interaction eventually, right? Even if it's someone requesting a demo, right? You got you to gotta reach out and pick up the phone and say, hey, guys, I saw you right. request a demo. It's, so, um, in all of these campaigns, the SDRs are, are like, they're pivotal. Like if, if they are not performing correctly or they're not doing their job to the best ability, it, like if they're not succeeding, you're not succeeding as a demand gen person. So hmm. investing the time to like work with them and like set things up in a way where it's, it's as easy as possible for them to know what to do, to have good copy to follow up with, to clearly understand like what the campaign is and how they should follow up. It's, it's so important. And in those two, those two functions, like, they're almost like they're not the same function, but they're inter they're really interconnected. Mm -hmm. And um, and yeah, I think I think it has that same, it's it's similar conceptually where like you have to hit a goal. Um, you're using you're using words, right? Like you're right. using communication to do it, and you have to use like numbers and strategy and test things to figure out what works. Um, so yeah, I think I think it's like it's it's extremely similar. And that's I think um I actually think being an SDR really helped me become a better demand gen person because um, you got to see yeah. that perspective. You got to see that perspective. Um, and, and I think the other thing about um, being an SDR um, and then going to demand gen is you, if you've done the role, you know, as an SDR, like you just want good leads. You want the right leads, like, like the decision makers, your, your company is going after you want, like, Ideally, you want them warm um, yeah. and you just want to book the meeting, right? You just want to get the meeting and the opportunity and like hit your goal for the month. Totally. So like everything else that's that's sometimes marketers like, and I don't mean to discount like, you know, there's a lot of things going on in the background that are long-term, but like, you know, if, if like, I don't know, for example, like if you create a blog post, like the SDR doesn't care that much, right? They're like, totally. okay, but how am I yeah. going to, how am I going to get the meeting? And I think when you think the way they do, then you can like, and, and I think like, I think blog posts and all that stuff and brand building is important. I'm not taking away from that, but like, I think once you can think like they do, then you're like, okay, how do I, like, how do I get them 
better leads? How do I get them the right people? How do I set them up so that it's so easy for them to book this meeting? And then if they're successful, you're successful. So it, it's it's an extremely um, what have you? What the two have, goals are so interconnected? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sorry, go ahead. No, no, no. It's good. They are interconnected. It's like sales and marketing, right? So my totally. thing, my thing I was going to ask is, what have you found to be the most helpful? to a SDR or BDR, same thing to me, but what what has been the most helpful to them when they're like, hey, Scott, I appreciate this. This helps a ton on booking meetings. Yeah, so most, I mean, a lot of SDR teams um, without marketing support, right? They, they have to hit their goal no matter what. So um, that could be, you know, that most of that is done cold, right? Just like getting a list of prospects, um, and reaching out, calling, and and you know it definitely works, but it's it's you know it's a it's a lower conversion rate. Um, right. So I think what's been best when I've worked with SCR teams is to come up with strategies to make it easier for, easier for them to book meetings. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that's where marketing comes in. So you know, a basic example is like you create a guide, right? Like and like. And you get like all these people to download the guide, then you pass them over, right? And like mm-hmm. for the SCR, right? That's a much easier way to follow up, right? Instead of just being like this random person, right? You can call and say like, "Hey, I saw you download this guide on on how to how to improve your website, right? Like, I'm curious if you're interested in learning more about how we help, you know, like something like that, right? It's a much right, easier right. conversation. It's warmer. Um, so I think finding the ways to make it easier for them is the key. Um, and I think there's, there's a bunch of ways you can do that. Um, one is through content. Um, I've actually deployed uh, a lot of direct mail campaigns, mm. uh, in the past where we, we actually send like physical, uh, yeah, tins yeah, yeah. Of, like cookies to people. Um, oh, nice. you gotta send me some. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. Well, if, 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 we're, if we want to book a meeting with, no, I'm kidding. Um, yeah, but it, 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 it's, it's, it's mind blowing how that works. Um, how simple it is, but it's just doing these things that hopefully make it a little easier when you reach out. Right. Yeah. Like if I send you a tin of cookies and you love cookies and you're like, these are really good. Mm-hmm. It's something different that, that I'm doing. Um, right. Against, it's kind, like, of, other, it's kind of like going into product marketing and advertising in itself like promotional marketing. Yeah. Yeah. In a, in a way. Um, but I think what it like, especially with the direct mail stuff stuff, I think it's, um, it's just a way to like provide a little bit of value and like, you know, you're right. probably getting berated with like emails from salespeople all the time. Right. Just like all saying, the time, hey, even on LinkedIn all the time, <laughs> all the time. Right. Like, like you're probably like, you know, it's people saying, Hey, please, please check out my product. I, right? Like I have a quarter. That's sprint, especially now in the month. Right. <laughs> right. Right. So, so when you do something like sending a direct mail or a gift or a tin of cookies, um, yeah. it, um, you know, it's just kind of like, it, I think it just throws people off guard a little bit. It's like, huh, like they did, they did something nice for me. It's personal. And then like, yeah. And then you like, you know, then when the SDR reaches out, it's like, it's not like, it's like, Hey, did you get that? tin of cookies I sent you and, and people a lot of times people are like oh yeah that was like thank you for that like mm-hmm. and then what it does it just like puts their guard down and then you can at least have a conversation regardless of if, if your if your software is the right fit for them or it's the right time um but it's things like that that I think just make their job easier so I think you know they have such a tough job whenever you can do right. things that make it easier and can produce results for them then then you start like they start being like okay like 
demand I like demand gen. They're like they're help they're helping us. So um, that's where I think helps make it easy. It's just like thinking about I like how you can just be a little more creative. Yeah. And I think you're the first demand gen. I'm sure there's a lot of them out there that go that extra step and will send cookies, right? Or a gift. Where I'm thinking that's the salesperson's job to do that and nurture leads, prospects, clients. Like, so it's interesting because you're basically going above and beyond in order to help the SDR, right? And then what you're also mentioning is giving them like a guide or even templates. Here's, here's some templates that, that I put together. Just save it, paste it, copy, paste it, personalize it. Yeah, you know, totally. That, that, that's a big part too that I didn't mention is like, right, the follow-up is so important um, right. that like you got to also set them up for success there too. So like if you run a webinar um, mm. and you just say, hey, like we ran a webinar, here are the leads, like go go do your thing. They're going to be like, well, what was the webinar about? Like, like what is important about it that relates to me reaching out? How do I reach out? Um, and what, yeah. and like, if you don't, if you, it, like they'll just... They either end up doing two um, or or they'll just they just won't do it right they'll be like I, I'm confused I, I have a lot of things to do I have a goal I have to hit like I'm just mm -hmm. not gonna I'm just not gonna do this I'll just keep doing what I'm doing where I know I can get meetings um, so a big part also like if you're running a webinar for example is like really setting them up for success so um, right. if you have a if you have a CRM right like making sure like the leads are around with them in their name. Like they, they, there's an easy place for them to just like take them and, and start reaching out. Um, making sure that, like you said, making sure the message is messaging is there. Like a lot of times I write, I write the cadence um, and um, I'm open to them. Like if they're like, Hey, I don't want to, I don't want to say this. Like I'm like, right. yeah, like change it. But, but Hey, just so, like, here's some emails and some like talk tracks that you can use. Um, so you want to basically tee it up in a way where like, it's so hard for them not to do what they need to do to be successful right um, and that's that's a big part of it so um yeah i i agree i agree with what you're saying uh, yeah and it also brings me up more questions um which is and it helps that you have a sales background too like a lot of, a lot of marketers have a sales background <laughs> so if if you're let's just say giving cookies that's the only thing that stuck to my mind which i love because it's very personal um, you're going above and beyond your, your sales background is helping you tremendously to help you be successful and your SDR be successful. You're helping the SDR as well too, right? Would you think, and I, it doesn't have to be with you, this could be for all demand gen, um, specialists is shouldn't demand gen professionals get paid commission? Yeah, if, they, uh, if they're, yeah, uh, yeah, go ahead. They 100% should. Um, the question is, what do you, what do you compensate them on? And a lot of times, you'll see um, businesses comp compensate on like MQLs or leads, um, and I think that's that's wrong. That's not that mm -hmm. that's like a marketing view. Um, well, I, it can depend on the business, but I think that's wrong. I think ultimately, it should be either um, compensated on pipe sales pipeline, like a, an actual number. And honestly, and this might be an unpopular opinion. Um, I think it should act like I really, it should either be pipeline, a combination of pipeline and revenue, or it should just be revenue. Like, and honestly, like in my head, I think it should just be revenue. Um, because I think a problem 
and I've, I've done this, so I'm not, I'm not judging anyone. Um, a problem sometimes, even with demand gen, even though you're more results focused, mm-hmm. you don't really see things through to the end. And ultimately what matters for the business is like, does something close, right? Does it like, right. does it generate business for you? So, so even like, I mean, pipeline is obviously really good because it's a leading indicator of, of right. revenue, but um, it's interesting sometimes when you look back at like the data and like, you'll see like so little of like your leads closed into deals. Um, and I think, I think when, when demand gen just marketers are incentivized on revenue, it's, it, there's a couple really good benefits. Like one is your, you should be aligned with your sales team, right? Like if you are focused on revenue, then right. like you, you getting a, a demo request from a garbage account, it's not yeah. a win, right? That, and it shouldn't be a win, right? It, it, it's essentially useful. It's, it's useless to the business, but, right. but, um, but not all marketers see it that way, right? Cause if you have an MQL goal or like a, a, a hot lead goal or demo request goal then you get one in you're like you're like all right cool counts towards my goal even though it's going to yeah. provide absolutely zero zero value to the business um and, and then the second thing is you're you start thinking like the salesperson right and you start thinking like okay well like i need to make sure the right accounts are talking to us right because those are the ones that are going to close mm-hmm. um if people are talking to us how can i help the sales team to close more deals right can i can i write content that'll help them right can we get more case studies um you start thinking bottom of funnel as well not just top and I think a lot of times demand gen people just think top and I've done that. I've done that before. Like, I, you know, I've just right, been like, right. cool, like pipeline, pop, 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 but like it doesn't close. Right. And like, there's value into talking to these people, but you know, not much, right. It, need, it needs to close. So um, I would, I would argue um, that, um, that demand gen people should be only compensated on revenue. Cause then, then you're mm-hmm. like completely aligned. And right. I think some people would, some people would like push back and say, um, they would say, oh, well, like, but they don't, you know, the salesperson affects revenue is too far down the, the funnel. They won't see the, the fruits of their labor. And I get that. But I, I also think like if you're, if you, if you're very data driven and you're a good demand gen person, you just inherently know that like, right. If you're, if your team's close rate is 30%, then you need, you need three X the pipeline to hit that revenue goal. So like, you still have to, like, you still have to drive towards, right. towards the pipeline goal. Um, but you're also really thinking about like, okay, how, and how do I get these over the finish line? Right. And I know for statistics um, or data is when you look at it and it's like lead source, Google. And then, <laughs> and, and, and yeah, and, and then it's closed deal, right? But you know that came from your efforts. That's really hard, right? At the same time. Have you totally. ever had to deal with something like that? Uh, yeah, I mean, well, what... Is the question like dealing with like understanding where it came from or just like understanding where it came from? Um, to me, the the software that I think about is HubSpot. You know, it's not very in depth with the analytics and the lead source and where it came from. It'll say it came from Google, right? And then from there, it's like social media, but it, it's like, okay, it came from Facebook, but then it's like there's so many marketing efforts and strategies that are going on. It's like, which one did it really come from? So, because we have to see how to tweak this stuff. <laughs> yeah, it's, um, this is like, it's a huge challenge for everyone, including myself. It's an ongoing like, thing. <laughs> yeah, you'll never, you'll never like fully know, right? Um, yeah. Because to your point, like, how do you track one of your customers telling a friend that they should check you out, right? Like, right. you're never going to, you're never going to see that, right? Like, so there's, there's all these efforts going on in the background. Um, so my, like my thought on it is like, 
don't don't over index on it and like get too in the weeds with with attribution because um it's just so hard right like there's so many things you can't you can't pinpoint um however i do think there are things you can look at um one is right the, the first touch right like where did it get sourced two is like the actual channel um that the lead came through where they converted on your website um, and then the third thing I would say is, um, is if you do have some type of attribution tool, you can just look at it holistically and like across like all touch points, like just see like what's, what's touching the most revenue. Um, and I, I really like that first touch and the lead conversion. Um, I think though, especially from a demand gen perspective, it's interesting because obviously the way they filled out the form is important, but a lot of times what you'll see, like if you look at your Google analytics and like this has happened to me all the time is, um, is like it's usually like two to three touch points before they convert. It's very rare that it's the first time. So um, understanding what that first touch is is interesting. Like, like a lot of times people like, and I'll, I'll like I've even done this. I've been like, oh, like ad, Google AdWords isn't working. Like we're just not right. seeing people convert. But then if you look at analytics, you'll see like, oh, well, like they actually did click on one of our ads. They 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 went to the site, they left, and then they came direct. So like mm -hmm. like you'll see that you'll see that so many times. And um, so I think I think it's good to get more of a story than just like where did it convert or where was the first touch, um, and then the second thing to what I said is like just like what is what is touch like at a holistic level like of like revenue like that's getting generated like what is touching across the entire in, entire funnel right is it a is it a white paper is it a case study like I think seeing those things then get, they give you a good indication of like okay this is this is helping or it's not right if it's doing none of it then it's like okay like. Right just stop but um but it's, it's a hard thing it's, it's really it's a really hard thing another example that comes to my mind is um at my last company one of the businesses i i, I helped with um from a direct conversion perspective um adwords was working very well hmm. from a direct conversion perspective linked like linkedin was getting no attribution to anything and I was spending equally on both those channels. So I was like, this is a no brainer, shut off LinkedIn and just double the AdWords spend. Yeah. And um, it didn't actually end up improving results. It actually ended up uh, worsening it. And, um, and what we, what we like found when we dug into things was a lot of times these people coming through AdWords, it was their second, um, it was their second or third interaction with us. So what, and we're not for sure certain on this, but what we concluded is like, maybe that LinkedIn remarketing was actually doing something, right? We just couldn't really see it, but right. just being, right, being top of mind with these people got them back. Top of so, mind is everything. Um, right, and like, and that was like, that was something I couldn't measure, it, right? And, I, and honestly, I, I might've been wrong, but like, I, it made a lot of sense, right? Because then we turned it back on and things kind of went um, the way. So like, it's just, it's just really hard. I think, I think the, the, another good thing to do is just like, look at it in aggregate, right? Cause you have this whole digital strategy, right? Across mm -hmm. like all these channels, whether it's Facebook, Google, LinkedIn, uh, Captera, right? Like you're doing all these things and they all kind of play into each other, right? Like you might be looking for a CRM, right? Like HubSpot and like you go to cap, you go to like G2 Crowd or Captera, right? And you start looking mm -hmm. at like, okay, what are the best ones? Right. Then you're like, okay, that's interesting. I didn't know HubSpot was like a top one. Cool. Then you start getting like remarketing ads, right? Then you click on, it, you learn more, and then you get like another one, and like, right? And then all of a sudden, you, right? You're you're talking to their sales team. So, um, I think looking at it holistically and saying like, hey, look, here's everything I spent, mm -hmm. um, and here's everything I got returned from it is like a is a much better gauge of like, hey, is what I'm doing working or is it not?
Yeah. I was also thinking about how important it is then for a demand generation professional to be in those weekly sales meetings, to be in those quarterly sales meetings, uh, to understand the revenue goals, to understand the quota, even though they're not being put on a quota, quarterly quota. I just think it's valuable just to be in there. Hey, what works? What doesn't work? Um, how are they, you know, finding their leads? Um, is there anything that I can do to support, you know, et cetera, right? And another thing I was going to mention is you mentioned copywriting, right? Mm-hmm. I think it's important for demand gen professionals, but really all B2B marketing professionals to one, learn how to be really good at copywriting, take a course, read books, um, or hire a copywriter that actually does the research and can back it up with data and can can write phenomenal copy. Um, have you seen like, hey, definitely a requirement to know copywriting or be good at copywriting? Or you've seen more, I guess it depends on how big the marketing department is, right? Because there's people that outsource copywriting, right? Yeah, I've never I've never been in a business where they outsourced it. Um, I, I think it's I think you're I think it's necessary, right, to to be successful in the role. Like, again, demand gen is getting people to right, like attend the webinar, download the guide, right. request a demo, and all those in all those instances, you're selling something, right? Whether it's like totally right, you might not feel like it, right, but you're selling the guide, right? It's like. Mm-hmm. So, so if you can't communicate why someone should should read it and what's in it for them, then like you're not going to get as many people downloading the guide, right? And that's going to lead to less people taking a demo with you, and it's going to lead to you missing, you know, your goal. So, um, it's it's so important, and I I've seen it I've seen it so many times where like people will just like like you know if you're if you're doing a webinar, like they'll just list like what they're going to talk about. Right. But they won't. They won't take it a step further and say like, "Here's why. Here's how. Like, here's why this will help you." Right? Like, mm-hmm. so they'll just be like, "All right, uh, like the webinar on website fundamentals. Um, you'll learn like what, like what's WordPress. Like, like I don't know how to set up WordPress. Like, and I guess I guess those are kind of valuable in a way. But like, you could always take it a step further, right? And be like, like what's WordPress and like." why will it enable you to like generate like tons of organic traffic, right? right? Like, you know, you know what I'm saying? You can always take it that step further. That's that really like um, is geared towards an outcome. Mm-hmm. And, and I, I see a lot of people not doing that and that's going to, it's going to hurt their results. Right. So I think, um, yeah, I think it's so important. I think it's a skill that is, uh, I actually think it's, it's, um, it's under, uh, I don't know what the word is like, it's underrated. It's it's not valued enough in, in B two B because because we're so we're so numbers focused sometimes that like right. we forget that like these are humans who are like you know who humans like need to be persuaded. To <laughs> yeah, and you gotta be you gotta be like persuasive and um and I think if you if like if you can understand your customer really well and understand what makes them tick, then like yeah, yeah. everything else is going to be a lot easier. What has been because yeah, you've done webinars, ads, all these things. What has been the most helpful keywords to hook them? Um, it depends on uh, you know, obviously it depends on the business. Um, you know, whenever you can use numbers, that's important, right? Like if I if I say to you, 
uh, you know, I could say to you like how to, to save, you know, time building your website or it's like how, how you can save five hours a day building your, you know, you know what I'm saying? Right. Specific specificity I think is, is impactful. Um, I think the, the biggest thing again is to like take it a step further. Um, I think a lot of times there's like a benefit and then there's an outcome. So I think like if the benefit is, um, uh, getting more leads, like, like I think asking the next question being like, okay, what is, what is getting more leads ultimately help you do? And it's like, maybe it's like, right. well, generating revenue and like, what does generating revenue help you do? And it's like, makes you look like a, a star in front of your, your boss. Right. It's like, mm-hmm. okay, that's like, that's the real like reason we're going <laughs> for and being able to talk to that. Right. Like right. then maybe the, then maybe the like, how to be a rock star. <laughs> right. How to, how to like be a rock star for your boss using Google ads. Right. Then it's like, right, okay, right. now you're like, now you're talking to something deep. Right. So right, um, right. I think, I think, I think the biggest thing is just taking it, taking it a step further. Um, Cause a lot of people just start at that first part, right? right. Just like how to get leads. Right. Which, which like is persuasive, but that deeper stuff. And if you know it, then it's like, okay, like that's where you like, you're right. going to get someone's attention. It's almost like you got to hit their uh, pressure point. Totally. Um, yeah, yeah. I'm trying. I'm trying to think if there's if there's anything else. Um, yeah, that's what comes to mind. I'm trying to think of like in, in my in uh, in my current business, Nishex, right now. Um, there's a lot going on right now with like supply chain disruptions. I'm sure you've seen like the news with like the Suez Canal and like right. um, maybe some of the port congestion in uh, in Long Beach. Um, big big things are like you know uh around supply chain disruptions um like enhancing supply chain reliability supply chain resilience is a big thing in our business so like using those words um right. you know how to how to resilience. resilience yeah those those seem to tick with with our audience resilient and adaptable yep <laughs> there you go resilience so, is the name of the game yeah yeah so out of all the demand generation strategies that you've done over the years, what has been the most effective strategy for you? Yeah, it, it really depends on, on the business. So right. a lot of companies I've worked with um, are heavily like account-based marketing plays. Um, it, we went after the, the top end of, of the, of the um, industry Um, It was a finite market. There weren't that many accounts. So doing more account-based strategies were successful at that. So I guess if you're, if you're working in a business where um, you know, everyone in your market um, going after the, the larger uh, customers is is more, is more profitable and beneficial to your business than going with an account-based, some account-based marketing strategies, I think is, is the move. And some of the ones that have worked well are, um, are direct mail. Like I, like I mentioned, um, that, that works surprisingly well. Um, there are some down, there are some downsides to it because sometimes people will just take a meeting with you because they'll be like, well, you, you just sent me a gift. So I'm uh, <laughs> I feel obligated to, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So that happens, but, um, but it also, it also, you know, there's people who who hear you out and, and, and have a need for it. So mm. um, that one has worked extremely well. It hasn't worked well now because most people aren't in, in the office. But um, that was another question work, I was going to ask you is how do you get their address when they're all working fully remote? Yeah, that, uh, that's to be honest, it's been a struggle. And like we tried it. We tried. Um, there's now some of these tools are um, they have an e-gift component now where like you can like send them an email saying you like 
I want, you know, we want to send you a gift and then like confirm your address and you can send mm-hmm. it. Um, it, it didn't, it didn't work well. I think people just like, were like, what is this? And what, like, why are they, you know, like, yeah, this yeah. is a scam. Um, but, um, in the, in the, I guess when, if people go back to the office, that's like, that's a good strategy. And then the other thing we've been doing from, from an account-based, um, strategy is, um, we've been doing these round tables, um, where we make them like very exclusive. So, um, hmm. they're, you know, they're people having discussions. We bring in a speaker who's like very reputable. Um, and we tell, we've been telling our customers, and this, this is the truth, like, you know, we say, Hey, this is like an exclusive event. We're only inviting like, you know, VPs of supply chain, um, at, you know, a top company, like this isn't for everyone. So like, mm-hmm. let us know. Cause we only have so many spots. Invite um, only. Yeah. And, and then we also try to add that on with a really cool speaker to just like kind of show like, and this is your guys' webinars, right? Yeah. And, um, and, uh, and, uh, that, that worked really well. Um, yeah. I think, and I think like, you know, a lot of times in demand gen, you think, oh, I need like, I need like thousands of people here, but sometimes you don't, right? Like if you can get no. like 15 massive accounts to show up, right? Like, and you, you know, you close five of them or like that. It's a big, it's a big win. Right. Right. So, Very um, targeted. so I think, think, yeah. So I think thinking of those extremely targeted ways to like do something special for the people you want to get in front of the most, like that's been really successful. Mm-hmm. Um, but then in, in other businesses, um, like one of the businesses I worked for at my last company was, um, was called equity effect. It was like a cap table, uh, management software. And, um, and because cap table software is an existing, um, it's like people know about it. It's like an existing category. Um, there was a lot of uh, opportunity to do SEO. There was a lot of opportunity to, for like that where Google AdWords was working. Captera was a big driver. Um, and those things are nice because like to me, those are more like systematic um, approaches. So like, mm. right, if, 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 if cap table management software, right, if we're bidding on that and we're getting five opportunities a month from that, like I don't, I don't have to, like I don't have to do that much to like right. to maintain that, right? And honestly, there's some easy ways to maybe get more out of it, right? I can just like spend more on it. I can like A/B test the 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 ad copy there. I can like try to tighten the targeting. So um, what's nice about those frameworks is like they're more systems, right? So like when you build these systems, then then it's easier to to improve them, and it's. And it's less work to maintain a lot of these account-based things I'm talking about. You have to like keep right. doing them, right? They take work. And like, um, if you, like, if you, if I went on vacation for four weeks, right, it would just stop, right? It wouldn't, it wouldn't keep, it wouldn't necessarily keep, uh, keep up. Right. But like with something like AdWords or like SEO and like, you know, they, they dip and change at times, but like some, like in that business, I, I did feel like sometimes I could like take a week or two off and like things wouldn't really change because there's these mm. systems in place that are consistent. Right, so, right. um, depending on the makeup of your addressable market and like who you're focused on. Like, I think that both those approaches work. And honestly, like the best strategy, I think is doing both of those things, right? Like creating that system that is getting you repeatable results. But then on top of that layering in account base where like you're getting larger opportunities um, with more high value clients. I think like you gotta, you really gotta be doing both. Yeah. One idea that came to mind, you might already be doing this is getting their mailing address for the webinars or even a podcast interview. I mean, I'm not doing this, but now I'm considering it <laughs> is like, if I sent you, you know, an email and, and you said, or a message on LinkedIn and you said, yeah, we'd love to be on the show. I'm like, great. I'm excited to have you on. 
and then kind of like here's a link google form or more something more professional than that you know maybe it's a site link and it should basically ask for you know important information or i ask you questions that i'm going to ask you during the podcast interview but then it says something like what's your mailing address so we can send you a gift and if we don't want to make them feel obligated i say what's your address so i can send you some free swag <laughs> who doesn't want free swag <laughs> yeah like that's a good way to to get someone's mailing address just an idea that came top of mind right now yeah and actually what we used to do um when people were in the office is we'd actually have the scrs like call the office mm. and you know you would get like a secretary and um and you would like we would be like hey i want to send like jesus a gift um i just want to confirm that he still works in this office and they would just be like yeah, yeah he works like because to your point it's like it's not like hey i want to like I want to like go to, I want to go to Jesus's office. Like, you know, it's, right, it's more right. just like, Hey, I want to send him a gift. Like I'm just confirming that he works here. And they'll be like, yeah, yeah. He, like he works here. So totally. So. They want to make sure that gift is handed to the right person. <laughs> right. It's not um, just sit in their office. That's vacant. <laughs> but to your point, like saying like, you know, like, Hey, I'm, I'm sending, like, I'm going to send you something valuable. Right. Like that, right. that's totally different than, Hey, I want your address so I can put it in my CRM and I know, Right. Right. So. <laughs> right. And the people would appreciate the free swag, right? Or even if you're totally say, you know, straightforward, I'm, we're gonna send you a gift. Um I mean, that's awesome. They already are you know, have expressed interest in signing up for the webinar. So that just takes it a step further to do the ongoing follow-up and nurturing, right? So I love that. That just gave me ideas. Um, even when doing podcast interviews like these, right? Um Another question that I have is what's a commonly held belief in B2B marketing that you passionately disagree with? I think, I think the biggest thing that, that bothers me is when, is when people like people think that, um, that your audience like doesn't want anything that's like, entertaining or like cute like cutesy or like anything creative they're like no 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 like you're selling to like to like 60 year old white dudes like they don't want that and like i think that is complete crap i think like mm. like we're all humans we all like watch netflix and like reality right like we're all we all like entertainment and and i think like b2b is traditionally like extremely boring right it's extremely like here's a blog post on five ways you can generate more leads or here's a blog post on the RL, right? It's like, we like everyone, like everyone thinks that like, it's like logic first, which I think is not true. I think it's emotion. People like buy with emotion, then, then rationalize with logic. So like to think that, um, to think that your audience doesn't like, obviously you need to be informative and be a thought leader, but like to not make that entertaining or do things that are funny or do things that are more interesting. Like, I think that's like, it's such a mistake because there's at this point, there's so many companies that are like you know trying to get in front of your buyer and like if you're just gonna like send them you know just a blog post like, like it's just not as engaging um so like i think a lot of times that i've been in businesses where people are like no like don't like don't do that like like let's not let's not rock the boat it's not like right like and i think that's the biggest mistake right because it's just you're just conforming to what to what everyone else is doing so i think the companies and i and there's companies that are doing it right that are like wildly succeeding um wow that are like doing things differently, being a little more personal, personable, you know, doing creative things. Like 
thinking a little bit outside the box and like not that much, not, not like crazy creativity, just like a little bit outside of what, of what normal companies are doing. I think they're like getting a lot of attention. I think a good, a good example and one that I, I think about a lot is, um, is Drift, um, the, the conversational marketing software. They have like all these podcasts, their companies, they're doing all these video, right? The videos, you like learn a lot about their company. They do like really creative things. They'll like, they'll, um, they'll do like billboard ads. Like they'll do all these like things that are just a little different and more, honestly, more similar to a B2C brand than a B2B brand. Hmm. And, um, right. They've, they've amassed a massive audience and fans. Um, I'll like, I'll be honest, I'll be honest. Like when I, um, we bought drift at, I used to have two companies, but I helped I'll be a part of the decision-making process um, for for the first company that I bought at, at Honest Buildings. And um, to be honest, like like I do think there's value in chatbots, but I don't think that was the real reason I bought. It. I think I just thought this company was really cool, and I just wanted to be like a part of it. Um, and there's not there's nothing rational about that, right? No. <laughs> like, it's like it's like buying shoes, right? It's like you just want to like look cool. I mean, I guess I guess shoes can have functionality too, but. Um, so I think there's a more of an opportunity for companies to do that. Um, at NYSHEX, I've been really trying to push that. And, and, and the company has been all about it, which has been awesome. Um, you know, like we're doing a podcast. We're, mm-hmm. we're, we're creating funny videos. Like we're doing things a little, a little differently. Like not, not that much differently, right? Like it's, 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 not, it's not that hard to do this podcast, but, um, but it's different, right? You're, you're not just posting a blog post on LinkedIn like everyone else, right? You're posting snippets and videos and like it's more engaging. So... Mm-hmm. I think that's the big opportunity right now, especially where, where when the bar the bar is so low. Like, just just doing a podcast, right? I think that's like a way to stand out from your competitors. Um, so that would be my my that's my that's my gripe, and that's that's what I think should change. I love it. Yeah, I love it, and I completely agree with you too. Lastly, the moment that everyone's been waiting for. <laughs> Do you have any advice or tips for our audience? Uh, yeah, I guess, I guess as it relates to demand gen, a few things. Um, one I would say is like kind of one of the themes we we've talked about is like aligning with your sales team, thinking like a salesperson, um, thinking like an SDR and like really thinking about the, the, the bottom line outcome of what the business is trying to do. Um, I think marketing sometimes disconnects from that. And, um, I think like that's where the most value comes is when you're like super aligned, um, with your sales partners and like really figuring out like, Hey, like this is what we're trying to do. These are the type of accounts. This is what I'm going to go help with. I think that's like, that's a recipe for success. Um, the other thing I would say is if you're, if you're new to demand gen, um, it's kind of, it's like a, it's like a a relatively new thing. It's like a little, it's a little vague. I've had people reach out and be like, how do I like learn more about demand gen? And I think you can't really like, Demand gen is is a is actually a, um, it's like a bunch of different skills like put together. So like so like you you need to learn email marketing, right? You need to learn copywriting. You need to learn like SEO. You need to learn account based marketing. You need to learn how to do like LinkedIn ads, Google ads, Facebook ads, right? They're all kind of different. Um, so I think um, it's really about understanding what are the parts, and specifically, I guess for your business, like what are the things you think will drive results, and then like you got to learn those things individually. Um, so, so I don't think there's like one, it's, I don't know of a way to just like learn it. It's like, Mm -hmm. it's like break it down into pieces, start learning different things, testing them, seeing what works. Um, and then, um, 
and yeah, that's that's how I think you ultimately come up with like a more holistic strategy. Awesome. Well, Scott, thank you for your time. And I always enjoy having our conversations. I feel like we're always learning and creating new ideas and experimenting with different things. So I appreciate your time. I appreciate you. Yeah, thanks. Thanks for having me on. This was a lot of fun. Bye-bye. All right, guys, that's the end of our episode. Thank you for listening. And please leave us a five-star rating on Apple Podcasts. It would mean the whole world to me. And lastly, make it a great day.